Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston shares a personal devotional to help you as you walk through life with your teen. Let's hear what Mark has to say. Hey, let me give you a scripture. It's Proverbs 22, 6, that I think is so important, and I and I love it that it, you can probably find this proverb in every, um, oh, golly, uh, probably in every race and every country, uh, from uh, Chinese proverbs to African proverbs to Indian proverbs, anything. And it's train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old— they will not depart from it. And, and what's so important about this is the encouragement, it, it basically says, parents, you have a role to play. And, and if you've listened to me uh, very long, you will al- always know that, that, um, that I'm uh, pushing families to move from a teaching model in the preteen years to a training model in the teen years uh, to help a child move to a point where they are prepared for life as they will live it, where they are ready to face the challenges that are before them, that they have survival techniques tucked underneath their belt so they can, uh, whatever they encounter along the way, they can handle, uh, that they can handle life, that they they understand life and understand how everything works and they have the ability to make good choices. And you'll see their ability to make choices when they choose a spouse, when they get married, when they have kids, when they work for somebody else. You'll get to see whether they have the ability to make good choices. Some kids leave home, don't know how to make good choices, and as a result, they make poor choices. And what it does is postpone almost the inevitable. And uh, and so I think it's important for us to say, let's train up a child. Let's train them so they're able to function in the world that they're going to live in. Because one day your precious daughter will walk out your door and life will never be the same. And, and, and she's un- no longer under your rule. Or it may be that your son who leaves home and heads to college or military or a new job uh, and you know that his boyhood days are over. And at that moment, it won't matter whether his room is clean, uh, the condition of her bathroom, whether he came in by curfew, what music they're listening to. It won't matter uh, if he watched too much TV, played too many video games, made some mistakes along the way, or whether she didn't study as much as she should have. But what will matter, what will matter is whether your child is still dependent on you to make it in life and whether your relationship with her has helped her develop the skills she needs to stand firm against what she, against what she'll encounter in this next chapter of life. You know, because I know this, chances are that you've longed for a better relationship with your child than you had with your parents. And greater chances are that you've given your child more than you were ever given. And there's you know, something about having a relationship with your child that that makes every parent a little protective because they don't want to lose a child in the next chapter of life. I also believe that many parents lavish a great number of gifts and desired things upon their kids. 
And when parents have a need for a relationship, not just a want, but it's a need that is coupled with the desire to give things to their child to affirm the relationship, the mixture of the two provides an unhealthy environment unless parents are very, very careful. You know, I wanted to have a better relationship with my kids than I had with my parents. I wanted to give them things, maybe because I wanted to undo what my parents did for me in hopes of maybe trying to be a better parent. And what I found out was uh, that so much of what I thought I was doing for my kids, I was really doing for myself. I was getting something from the relationship, and I was getting value from having them be dependent on me. Somewhere along the line of raising kids, there's got to be this shift in a parenting style that quits providing everything for a child and helps them learn to provide for themselves. And I'm not saying that you should quit giving your 12-year-old gifts uh, you know, and money and, and, and make them head out and get a job, but I am saying that the move from total dependence to total independence should be in the forefront of all your, all of your actions as your child heads, you know, into their adolescent years. So we begin to understand that the adolescent years is the transition from being a child to being an adult, and we've got to prepare them for that time. Meaning this, you have to break the childish ways, and you have to instill adult ways. What you do during this time to help them become independent will determine how successful they are in the next chapter of life. And that's including work and marriage and children, like I said earlier, and future grandkids and adulthood. And this mindset uh, is having their interest in your focus. You know, I'm not saying that, that, that you should cut off your child at age 18 and make them fend for themselves. But I am saying that an 18-year-old would be better off having a concept that you're not obligated to provide for him and you owe him nothing, yet you want to give him everything. This mindset kind of forces a desire on his part to begin to develop skills that allow him to make the transition into successful adulthood and put you in a position of offering and helping rather than giving them a sense of entitlement. This mindset is far better adapted to a parenting style when a child is headed into junior high rather than deciding to give your child a quick crash course on how to be independent in six months right after they turn 18. Are you following me? I'm saying begin early instead of trying to th really believing that you're going to have to shove it down their throat. And, and my hope is that parents will move... Uh, a preteen toward independence in a in a way that moves her to developing responsibility for her life and move away from depending on you for her existence and have this process begin at a very young age at age 12 so 12 is that transitional point why because your child at age 12 has six more years of living with you and has 10 times that number of years of, ahead to live apart from you. So quit focusing on pleasing and protecting and providing for your child and shift your focus to preparing your child to leave home and not be dependent on you. Kids have a natural desire to be dependent on their parents as, as long as parents provide. And provision quickly moves to enabling if your actions don't wean them from their um, necessity for independence uh, 
upon you as years pass. If you have a 21-year-old living at home who isn't motivated to find a job, do something with their life, or get off the couch, sometimes outer motivation is required where the inner drive lacks. Even if you if you didn't you know, foster independence in your child as they grew through their teen years, your mistake, or in fact, any, any blunder, should not give your child license to continue a, a sense of entitlement and, and not develop independence. You're not helping your child by allowing him to do nothing. And that's where the terms of these kids have become common. I mean, that, that's where you get a, the, the title, a boomerang kid. And this is a kid that comes back because he can't function in the world. Or uh, a 20-something caught into weighthood, <laughs> waiting for adulthood to happen. Or a parasite single sucks the life from mom and dad because she doesn't want to be independent. Or a twixter, and this is one that's caught betwixt adolescence and adulthood, where they justify their existence by blaming it on the economy, on politics, or social influences. Are young men and women caught in emerging adulthood complain of having a quarter-life crisis, so they become NEETS, N-E-E-T-S, and that means this, not in education, employment, or training. In Japan, these kids are called freeders, and in Mexico and Spain, they're called NINI, Neither study, neither nor work. Ni estudia, ni trabaja. Are you catching what I'm saying? That, that there, the kids that are there, and, and I don't think there's ever been a parent that says, you know, this is what I want my child to be. I want my child to not be able to function. I want my child to be stuck at home. I want, uh, I want my child to be a clown on a couch that, that is dependent on us and, and, uh, and we'll never get rid of him. I want a child that just sits around and plays video games. I want a daughter that does absolutely nothing but watches the world go by. I've never met parents that have said that. But we know this, that kids get to that point. And I understand kids living at home for economic reasons, medical issues, or being in transition. But I don't agree with the concept of having a child live at home because they couldn't launch. If a child can't launch, nine times out of ten— a parent hasn't done a good job in helping that child become and maintain their independence. Immaturity, coupled with a sense of entitlement, saturated with irresponsibility and the inability to make decisions, point more toward a parent's lack of training than a child's fault. And to, for me to expand on what I said a little while ago, a child's ability to make decisions, whether good ones or bad ones, is usually determined by a parent's willingness to let that child make decisions and embrace the need for making good decisions when consequences for bad choices are not allowed to have their full effect. Here's an easy directive that is hard to implement, but it's necessary to fostering independence in your child as they learn to take control of their life. Let them make decisions and be there to guide and direct their decision-making process. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Years ago, I met a, a 19-year-old young man at the request of his parents uh, who weren't happy with his lack of motivation and his you know, lack of desire to get a job or go to school, make money or live on his own. And within five minutes of us sitting down, 
I asked him why he thought his parents wanted me to meet with him. And in, in an arrogant tone, he told me that he didn't see any reason to meet because he was doing fine. And his exact words were this, I get three meals a day. I have shelter over my head. I'm comfortable and my parents love me. What more could I want? They want me to go to college or get a job, but I don't need either. And I knew immediately when I heard this kid say that, what the problem was and knew exactly how to fix it. And I told their parents that, that their son would come to his senses when they quit giving him everything. And recently, this young man, who's now 27, got in touch with me on, on Facebook and asked if we can get together. Of course, I said yes. And, and he said, remember the first time we got together? And I, I, I laughed and, and I started talking about his cockiness and all that. And he said this, and that was amazing to me. He said, that was my wake-up call. If it wasn't for that call, I don't think I'd be married, have two beautiful kids that I do. And I think when we buried my mother last year, she would have gone to her grave being so disappointed in me. And he said, thanks. And I recall, I recall when I met with him, the thanks wasn't one of these, hey, thanks. It was thanks. Thanks. I needed that. And and I, I got to tell you, it was a hard conversation because I had this cocky punk kid sitting across from me that had been created by parents that really had no concept of what independence would look like, nor did they really want their child to be dependent on them, but he had become that. And as a result, um, they needed somebody else to come in and kind of have that come to Jesus talk that said, hey, 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 you can't keep living like this. But the parents were allowing that to happen. So look, let me me give you a couple of ways. If you're sitting here going, um, we need to make some changes. I've got one of those kids. It's too dependent on me. And, um, and I need them to be able to launch a little bit. Um, tell your child that you're going to initiate kind of a new plan on the following date. You hear me? Like, so on New Year's Day, we're going to start something new in our family. Or on your birthday, it will be a new time of allowing you to make more decisions on your life. Or on Labor Day, you're going to get a job. Or on Independence Day... Uh, you're going to have to pick up what I will no longer be doing and become more independent. It's Memorial Day, and we're going to memorialize what we've been doing and start out on a new path. Or it's Christmas. (laughs) I'm going to give you a gift that will allow you to become more independent. Or you say to them, hey, this is Halloween, and we're going to do something that may sound scary, but but I believe that it can help you. Or it may be like April Fool's Day. I'm sorry, I'm not, these are just kind of coming to mind. I'm not saying them in any particular order. But uh, on April Fool's Day, it may be that that I'm going to let you start taking more control of your life. No joke. Then on Thanksgiving, you may say to them, we're going to celebrate giving because I want to, not because I have to. And what will happen is they'll begin to understand some things that are going to change. And what needs to change? Well, let me ask you, what are you doing for your kids that they can pick up and start doing for themselves? Not because 
you don't want to continue to help your child do these things, but because you need to let them know they need to start doing some of the things to help under uh, uh, these new years of fostering independence. And here are some things that you can require from your children when they turn 13. I mean, it, it, it all starts early. Get themselves out of bed with an alarm clock. Pick up their own clothes every morning. Getting ready for school and eating breakfast. Quit making breakfast for them. Let them make breakfast for you. You've done it for so many years. Now it's their turn. Let them get to school on time. Let them start doing their own laundry. And I know they're going to ruin some clothes. That doesn't matter. The point isn't whether your clothes can make it to the next week or the next month. The point is, I want you to start assuming responsibility for your life, knowing that the byproduct of responsibility or the assumption of responsibility is maturity. And that's my goal as a parent is to help you become more mature. So I'm going to let you clean your own rooms, even if you have a housekeeper. I'm going to let you do your homework, and I'm not going to nag you anymore and make their own snacks after school. You've got to break the pattern where they feel like they're entitled and, they're, and you're giving them everything. Remember, you can please them, protect them, and provide for them. What you need to be doing is starting to prepare them. Somebody who um, hasn't done this, you know, now tosses their child a set of car keys at age 16, and they're scared to death because they have an irresponsible child commanding and in control of a 4,000-pound piece of metal that goes 120 miles an hour. And if they don't have a concept of responsibility, you've not done a good job. Okay, you see where I'm headed with this? Start off early. And if you haven't started off early, have some of these you know, holiday talks with your child and say, we're going to start now. And the point of the exercise is, is not taking away from your parenting role, but it's changing your child-rearing role to now encompass training to help them learn to begin to take care of themselves. It's, it's not less parenting. It's a different type of parenting. So as children get older, I encourage you to give them more things to do, more decisions to make, and more opportunities for them to have to figure out what to do and and more opportunity to assume responsibility for their life. And that may be that you say, okay, I, I want you to do this. I want you to start handling finances. Give them a checkbook. I mean, not just a debit card. Give them a checkbook, not, not a credit card. A checkbook where they realize and start learning about debits and credits. Why, why do you do that? Why do you think it's important for a child to, to know about handling finances? Because the number one problem during the first year of marriage of newlyweds is money. And so my job is to help them learn about money. I'm going to let them start making more decisions. I'm going to be breaking this mindset of entitlement. I'm going to be uh, keeping relationships when there's conflict. And I'm going to model that to them as well. I'm going to let them handle the stress of life and let them start resolving some of the disagreements that they have. I'm going to make sure that they don't have to have to always be right. Uh, I'm going to help them uh, know what to do when you're wrong. Um, help them treat a friend with kindness. I'm going to help them find the right spouse. I'm going to teach them the value of a good day's work. I'm going to help them see objectives and work toward those goals. I'm going to um, I'm going to stand. Help them stand for what they believe. 
I'm going to let them see what the essentials are for a disciplined life. I'm going to teach them about integrity and, and keeping your word. I'm going to make sure they know how to have fun and learn how to take care of yourself, how to surround yourself with wise people, um, helping them and experimenting with finding the job that fits their skill set. I'm going to teach them about making money and living within your means. I'm going to teach them how to change the tire on a car. Or maybe this. I'm going to show them that, that it's okay to ask for help. You must break the entitlement mentality that has become a cultural influence. And I would let teens know the following. I owe you nothing, but I want to give you everything. When your children begin to see you as one who is giving because you want to, as one who will help them learn new ways of living with a goal of independence, and one who is always thinking ahead, their response to you will be one of gratitude and respect rather than entitlement and a demandingness. Will your kids make mistakes as you let them make more decisions? Absolutely. Sure they will. But they'll come to new conclusions about what to do when things don't turn out as planned. Know how I learned about rebuilding boats? It's because I sunk one. Know how I learned about gas engines? I burnt one. Know how I learned about training horses? After I got bucked off one too many times. Know how I learned about relationships? By messing up a lot of them. Know how I learned how to make money? When I realized I wasn't going to get it from anywhere else. Know when I trusted Christ? It's when I realized that I was in need. When children realize their need, they're resilient enough to come up with an answer. So don't bail them out. Let them learn. And it's a part of the training process. And, and, and you can hear some of the following, you know, comments that, you know, from your kids along this path of independence, you know, where they say, I can do it on my own. I don't need your help. I can't wait to leave home. I don't believe that way. I, I don't agree with you. I can make it on my own. Thanks for your input, but I'll do it my way. I blew it. Can you help me? But don't be so quick to interpret all these as rebellious comments. Most of the time, they're verbal affirmations that you're doing a great job in helping your child become independent. So don't ruin the opportunity to affirm their independence by saying things like, I told you so, that's a stupid thought, that'll never happen, or I knew that would happen. Those kinds of statements don't foster independence, but they breed dislike and contempt. Helping your child develop independence while still living at home fosters independence in a, in a young adult's own thoughts in their opinions, and in their actions. It will even benefit your grandchildren, who are more likely to have a mature parent, which is your son or daughter, caring for them. Your child wants to be independent. They don't want to be dependent on you all your life. And you don't want that either, because one day you'll be gone and they need to flourish. So help them flourish now, and get to a point in life where they realize that what you offer them is a gift of grace. You do it because you want to, not because you need to. And you do it because you love them dearly and you want to give them everything, even though you owe them nothing. Your kids want to be independent. This is Mark Gregston. 
been great sharing with you today. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.